People will like it. They will like it, damn it. They'll line up at the fucking door. We'll get some doors for the podcast and people will line up at them. A series of doors so that they have to line up to one door after another. Like Disney World. Mm-hmm. Disney World. Welcome to Super Duper Stitches. The Paranormal... <laughs> the Paranormal Podcast with sciencey stuff, spooky stuff. And uh, goofy stuff, I guess. And goofs, yeah. We bring the goofs. I'll tell you what. I'm Jake. I'm Wyatt. And we're happy to join you again for uh, another week. Another week, indeed. This week, we'll be talking about... Manimals. Monsters. Some yeah, weird hybrid creatures that are... M- Humanoid-ish? Half human, half... Something else. Monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I mean, I feel like a lot of monsters out there tend to be some way... They have something some kind like of that. humanoid yeah. feature, it's true. But, uh, you know, that's what it is, so just deal, okay? Right, yeah, We seriously. decide what the topics are. Yeah, you just have to sit there and enjoy them. Now, it's been a couple of weeks since I last did one of these, because we had another super duperstitious special report to interrupt my flow of... Of interrupting the flow of the podcast, we interrupted my interruption, which uh, is to give another Phantom of the Chicago update. Oh, baby! They are fairly recent. They are actually. Goofy. If each time we get a Phantom of the Chicago update, imagine if it was one long opera. <laughs> what? act would we be in now the 33rd this is the 33rd act i think so all right I mean, we only have 21 episodes but yeah do we do it by accounts or do we do it by updates oh, by per account, episode so we're in like the 70th if Damn. it's um no I, I think it's we're in the 60s or so but uh but yeah as far as just the number of times this has happened yeah it's been a lot all right well um, carry on with act the phantom 33. yes the phantom of the chicago is what we are calling the flying humanoid bat creature or creatures with glowing red eyes that have been seen repeatedly in the chicago area all throughout last year right uh, some before right some still happening now it's weird it's, it's cool and yeah everyone seems to be catching the fever and they're Piping, I think, their accounts still through Lon Strickler, Lord of Phantom of the Chicago. Yes. Phantomsandmonsters.com is his website where he curates all this stuff. He has a daily roundup of different cool, creepy things from all over the internet and uh, keeps working with a task force, apparently, of people who are um, investigating the Chicago Phantom. I'm sorry, the Phantom of the Chicago and uh yeah they all are <laughs> including all the accounts that they find every time they find them task force huh yes so actually uh, i have a story one each from lon at phantoms and monsters and uh, manuel navarrete at ufo clearinghouse who actually based on the how he is reporting on his stuff does sound like he is more part of a task force than uh, anyone else uh, seems to mission complete exactly sighting achieved he's always wearing night vision goggles for yeah, some reason he's got a beret on his beret. <laughs> uh, this is from Phantom the Monsters, February oh, damn, 19th. Damn, you got the fucking lineup. All right, lay it on me. February 19th, 2018. I recently listened to a podcast on the Higher Side Chats and got this website from that. I have never known where to report this incident, so I just kept it to myself. This is the person, like, writing in? Yes. Okay. However, I would like to add my encounter slash experience to the inventory of this mystery. Everything that has been described in the Chicago account of a bat-like creature is pretty identical to what I saw, with a few exceptions. My sighting took place in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin in January 2011. It was between 9 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. when I saw it. I was outside smoking a cigarette, and I saw a human-sized being with bat-like wings fly overhead. Hmm. It flew slash glided a little higher than the streetlights. The wings were somewhat transparent, exactly like a bat looks, except that it did not flap its wings. It glided past. Hmm. 
glid? I don't know. <laughs> uh, my reaction was not negative nor positive, just speculative. I was in a moment of, what was that? I'd also like to note that I did not see any red eyes. Hmm. So I like they just seeing this giant humanoid bat creature be like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then just keep, hmm. keep going on with your evening. I'd <laughs> also like to add another sighting. Not mine, however. This is a sighting from my boyfriend's friend. It was in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin area. Uh, around January of 2014, 3 o'clock a.m. He said it was big and it was standing by the river, uh, Rock River. He refused to look at it because it freaked him out so bad. In conclusion, I think there is some connection with water. Chippewa Falls is known huh. for its water source, and Rock River is a major river, and now Lake Michigan, um, all the accounts in Chicago have been around Lake Michigan. Right. Please feel free to contact me if you have any further questions regarding the sighting. Lon did indeed contact the witness with further questions and received this response. Oh. It was the size of a full-grown human. Uh, I just remember the wings being big and a little translucent, just like a bat. Actually, it kind of reminded me of Jeepers Creepers. The bats aren't <laughs> around in winter, and they are small and flap their wings constantly and fast. This is huge and glided it. Glided I don't know how to conjugate the verb to glide. The, the place where I physically I believe the past tense is to have glazed. Glazed? Okay. Uh, this was huge and glazed. <laughs> the place where I physically witnessed this event, my dad's driveway, has had strange things happen there from time to time. This was the only time I saw that creature thing. No one else was there to see it. Many years ago, there were, there were accidents by the intersection where I saw it. I was told people died there, but I cannot verify that part as fact. You're just thinking of anything you can possibly come up with that has to do with that area. This is the Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> That's the Creeper? It's <laughs> good. Good facial view of that. Yep. This is the second witness report that I can recall. Uh, I know one from the original story back in ep- way back in episode two, someone describing it as looking like the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, um, true. There may have been another one that I've forgotten, but now there's another one here. So people said, yeah, it's a big humanoid thing with these bat-like wing things. One thing I like that this witness huh. mentioned was the idea of the connection to water, which goes back to our idea of this being some kind of aquatic bird, something that lives near water that right. would make sense to be there. Still, the humanoid shape, mm. I mean, other than owls right. and I guess large birds of prey, because they usually have the forward-facing eyes, too. Right, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. To have to describe it as humanoid, I feel like by so many different people too. It's pretty weird. Uh, it's weird. So from UFO Clearinghouse, March first, twenty eighteen, we mm-hmm. have this report. Again, this is a quote from the witness. I was driving on Route ninety four, heading back home. I pulled into the TA truck stop to get something to drink and something to eat before finishing my trip home. It was about eleven thirty p.m., February fifteenth, twenty eighteen, when I left the store and got in my car. As I was pulling out of the parking lot to get in onto the interstate, I noticed what looked like a large person standing on the side of the road. This thing looked right at me with very bright red eyes and then opened a huge pair of wings and started to fly off like a, some kind of bat. Hmm. The whole damn thing took less than five seconds, but I know what I saw, and it looked like a giant skinny man with a large pair of wings and red eyes. I'm not sure what to tell you that it was, but I can assure you it's something I've never seen on the Discovery Channel before. <laughs> that actually surprises me because I feel like the Discovery Channel now covers <laughs> stuff like this all they, the time. There used to, I guess it was Animal Plant, but there used to be a show yeah. called The Lost Tapes where Ooh. it was like stories of people. I remember seeing one about the Jersey Devil. There you uh, people go. who were out, like accounts from witnesses of these different creatures and things mm-hmm. who apparently had a camera with them mm. when all this stuff happened, but then lost it uh, uh, in the process, tragic. like trying to escape or whatever. So right. the whole entire thing is reenactments based on what it might have looked like if they had recovered uh, the tapes. Yes, 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 yes. Fun stuff. I do miss that show. It's too bad. It reminds me of Animal X, too. That, that was my first introduction to the Chupacabra, um, mm-hmm. all kinds of this good stuff. It was usually on like kind of later at night, at least for... 
that age range. I was right. kind of like near bedtime, so I was like, "Oh, that was just creepy. Oh, it's gonna get me up." But I was, really, <laughs> I was like super excited about it too. Right, I had the same experience. Yeah. So, and here we are today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the exact same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sleeping with the lights on. <laughs> In my big onesie, the feet are all ripped out because I'm still wearing it. <laughs> I didn't think we'd both fit in that onesie, but, <laughs> but here we are. Even um, while podcasting, all right, Karen. Manuel dug deeper here. So, the witness is a 37 year old male who lives in Gurney, Illinois, but works in Racine, Wisconsin. He works as an industrial welder and has worked at the same position for 21 years. He states that he takes the same route five to six times a week and has stopped at the truck stop multiple times. Quote, I've never seen anything like what I saw that night. The witness states that he stopped at the TA truck stop and spent about roughly 10 minutes inside the store. He then got into his car and started heading back toward the highway when he saw what looked like a large winged humanoid. Hmm. He stated that the encounter did not last very long. That During the encounter, he saw a large humanoid figure that was solid black with a large pair of wings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The creature was hunched over and appeared to be looking at something on the ground when the witness pulled up. When he illuminated the creature, it looked up. Then the witness says the creature took a couple of steps away from him and started flapping its wings and took off into the air. He seemed very sincere, albeit scared and a little bewildered. When asked questions meant to mislead, the witness quickly corrected me and stuck with the original story. Interesting. He stated that the creature was out of sight within a matter of seconds and that he did not get out of his vehicle because he was a little frightened. When asked if others might have seen it, the witness states that there must be others because it was a busy truck stop. Further investigation of the area and the possibility of posting flyers asking if other witnesses have seen the entity will be necessary. Hmm. So Manuel does his shit. Like, he's in the area. He is doing stuff. Like, he does right, actually interview right. these people in person. He has put out flyers when stuff was happening in La Villita in Chicago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I do especially like that one specific thing where he deliberately asked questions to mislead the witness. Yeah, and, same. The, and he went, to, no, 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 this is how it happened. And went right. back to what his story originally That's was. That's a nice, nice test of yeah, uh, so, witness. Good on you, Manuel. You know yeah. what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, more interesting stuff happening. Maybe there are some giant bats in the uh, upper Great Lakes area. Yeah, right. We'll find out we more find as out. the year goes on, I'm sure. Man, oh, man. So would you like to kick off I the episode proper? Allow me to kick it off. I'll start with a little cold open. Ooh, I love those. They don't really work when you just say it's a cold open, but all right. It's a hot cold open. Right. It's an icy hot open. Yeah, it's a, exactly. It's a Bengay open. No, okay. <laughs> I'll just let you start. In the autumn of 1971, Washington Post reporter Ivan Goldman ventured out to Bowie, Maryland to investigate a grisly murder. Oh, no. On the frosted morning of November 4th, two 20-year-old kids, William Gein and John Hayden, had gone searching for Ginger, a German shepherd puppy belonging to April Edwards, the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Lacey Daniels, with whom Gein was currently residing. The puppy had escaped from its Zug Road pen the night before and was probably wandering around the neighborhood looking for trouble. (laughs) It was just like picking fights with random strangers. (laughs) Yeah, spray painting its name on stuff. (laughs) Ginger was here, but the R's are all backwards. (laughs) But the boys, who would later report seeing a strange figure and hearing a, quote, high-pitched squeal the night before, didn't have to look far to find the dog, or at least what remained of it. Oh. As Gein and Hayden casually, casually, as Gein and Hayden casually walked into the backyard in the direction of the Penn Central Railroad train tracks. <laughs> just, they hear just this like, horrible sk- squeal, they're looking for a puppy, and they just saunter <laughs> in sharks and or jet style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As they sauntered boredly, 
No. <laughs> Scratch that. Um, in the direction of the Penn Central Railroad train tracks, they spotted something in the grass. Furry fanged. The cleanly severed head of the family dog. No. Even worse was what the two young men didn't find that morning. The rest of the family dog's corpse. No. The details were too familiar to other pet killings in the area and echoed the reported murder of 14 hikers, mostly children, back in 1962. Jesus. Chopped to pieces with an axe. Nervous whispers made no mistake. It was the goat man. The goat man. Quick note, I adapted this intro from a super fun 1998 article by Sean Daly in the Washington City Papers. So my manster for today is the Goat Man, which I'm happy to mention is a listener suggestion. So shout out to friend of the show, Paul. Thank you very much, Paul. Thanks, Paul. So the Goat Man, I got to say right off the bat, I can feel the audience asking, wait, do you mean the Goat Man Thomas Thwaites, the man who took a, quote, holiday from the angst inherent in being a human, unquote, by strapping on special appendages, going to a goat farm in the Alps and munching on grass alongside other goats? As some kind of project slash publicity stunt? I thought that didn't really fit. I didn't understand why you're doing that one. No, I don't mean him, though. Okay. <laughs> and incidentally, Thomas Thwaites should not be confused with Tom Waits, the singer, songwriter, actor, and composer. Tom Waits is also the man who dives into the angst and magic of being a human by strapping on all forms of instruments, going to a goat farm in the Alps, and recording crazy good albums. I is the monkey can climb. Oh my god, he's here! Jake, did you just see Tom Waits come into the room and yeah, leave? he just dove out the window. Tom, wait, no! <laughs> I wish he had waited that time. Um, and if you don't know who that is, <laughs> you have some music to listen to. You do. Starting with Blood Money, because that's... That is a good album. I'm also not referring to the greatest of all time man, or goat man, <laughs> B.R. Ambedkar. <laughs> who was ranked number one greatest person of all time by thetoptens.com. <laughs> Single-handedly beating out Jesus Christ, Buddha, (laughs) Muhammad, Gandhi, and others through his efforts to improve India's economy, political independence, and societal health and inclusivity. Over Gandhi? Over Gandhi. Gandhi came in like fifth. Wow. I'm, of course, instead referring to the Maryland Goat Man. Ah, that one. A manster of legendary status that has tormented Prince George's County and the surrounding regions since its first reported sighting in 1957. PG County is a bustling spot, home to the University of Maryland, where I incidentally spent some time as a lab tech. College Park. That old CP. Them fighting terrapins. Them fighting terrapins. (laughs) I tell you what. weird (laughs) mascot. We will slowly but steadily beat the shit out of your school. Much of the USDA's operational campuses are in PG County, as well as the NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. Bar. Among many other notable locales. <laughs> they just get more unique. Every burp is, you know, deserves its life. What? I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, man. I think it might be because we've had too much dapper detonator already. Oh, yeah. We never mentioned the beer we're drinking. Yeah. We interrupt this regularly scheduled broadcast. We're also, this week, drinking drinking a neighborhood beer company beer, the Dapper Detonator Mahogany Ale. Which is tasty as can be. Very tasty. Let's see, they don't... Oh, yes, they do give you a description. Would you describe this beer as one of a kind? Yes. This kind. This one we're having right now. There's only one of it. Most notably, it is 10.1% alcohol by volume, and we always record these before dinner. So... We're in a good place. So, and well, were we talking about a goat? I think. We were talking about a goat, man. We're talking about a goat, man. Exactly. 
So, PG County. Not exactly the kind of place I'd imagine for a woodsy manster, but Goatman sightings are still reported to this day. It's also worth mentioning that there are other Goatman-type stories from Kentucky, Texas, Wisconsin, and elsewhere, and uh, that the very first sightings of a Goatman-type monster in North America, excuse me, manster in North America, the OG American Goatman, or Ogagum, oh. were reported in Louisville, Kentucky in the 1940s and 50s. This was the Popelick monster. Oh, the Popelick monster. Named for the Popelick Creek Railroad Bridge that it was apparently so very fond of. Okay. Stories of the Maryland Goatman have been recounted somewhat en masse since the 1970s, including the ginger murder tale that we opened this with, but they're largely campfire fodder. Though some folks, including University of Maryland folklorist Barry Pearson, suggest the legends reach much further back in time. There are also several origin stories to the Goatman tale within Maryland, uh, ranging from the crazed farmer to straight-up Sasquatch-like beast. Hmm. In one, a Dr. Stephen Fletcher, reported to have been a scientist at the Beltsville Research Agricultural Center in Maryland, was attempting to mix the DNA of his assistant with that of a goat to find a cure for the angst inherent in being a human. When something <laughs> went terribly wrong and the goat man was created. Now, as we well, all know... Genetic shenanigans. Mixing DNA. It's real. It works. It's really how science happens. Exactly. You just... You take a DNA and another DNA, and you, you mix them in you know, a test beaker tube, usually. or a test tube. You've got to swirl them. a flask. You'll know which one's which, because one should be usually red, the other should be blue. Yes. And or something like this. When There'll the be, smoke starts coming out as it bubbles, then you know that it worked. Exactly. You have the choice then to either inject or drink it. What you don't want to do is accidentally drop it and cut yourself with it. So why you and I have both spent a non-trivial amount of time working in genetics labs. Indeed. And we know what we're talking about. Yeah. In fact, you work in a genetics lab at the University of Maryland. I did. And I also happened to mix my own DNA <laughs> with that of... Praying Mantis? Or was that the undergrad? That was my undergrad. Shit, okay. Yeah. So I've already been Mantis Man. I just call myself Mantis. There are Mantis Mans. We'll talk... I found them. <laughs> Mantis Mans? Yes. I prefer to maintain the man. Did you just say to maintain? <laughs> I may have. I also wish it was just instead of Mantis Men or Mantis Mans, it was just Mantis. <laughs> so, right. The creature broke loose and ran off into the surrounding woods, from which, much as any half-man, half-goat would... It stalks and brutally murders unwary hikers and teens. Why well, wouldn't it? And believe it or not, the Beltsville Research Agricultural Center has actually had to go on record denying this origin story. <laughs> that's how persistent this legend has been. Guys, we didn't fucking... It didn't... Oh, yeah, God that's not how this... Okay, you know what? Let's create a press release that we can just uh, put out every time we need to remind people that this isn't what happened. Yeah, exactly. So, those who have seen the goat man and lived to tell the tale report a goat-humanoid hybrid, surprise, surprise, with horns and cloven hooves, occasionally wielding an axe, presumably to aid in terrifying and or murdering. So, without further ado, it's story time. Oh boy. The following is entitled Anansi's Goatman Account. I've made some edits for language and length. Huh. I knew a bunch of Anansi stories. I didn't know Anansi encountered the Goatman. It's a teaching story about how a spider and a <laughs> Goatman... <laughs> Learn to uh, get through life. <laughs> the story takes place in Alabama, but otherwise features a monster um, referred to as the Goatman as the main antagonist. 
I'm 16 and camping with my cousins in Alabama, where they farm and own a huge amount of land. All this is told from a kind of like, be there with me as I tell you kind of perspective. Listen, my children and you shall hear. Yeah, exactly. Um, My uncle owns a big house and a bunch of cabins that they put out in the woods for hunting or camping. While we're out there, all of a sudden, some older guy and a teenager come out of the bushes. The older man has a shotgun in the crook of his arm. He asks us what we're doing this far back in the woods, and I tell him about my uncle, who he knows, and say we're camping out. He tells us we need to be real careful out here and stick together. There is a big animal in the woods. His son, who is my age, asks if he can stay and hang out with us. So we end up playing football, this kid Tanner, five of my cousins, and four of their friends. In total, there were five girls and six boys. We were all around 15 to 17 years old at this point. Uh, We ended up just dicking the day away. We head back to the camp and pull out some stuff for a campfire, even though the cabins both had kitchenettes. Tanner says that his family's property sits up against my uncle's. He wants to run home and ask his dad if he can come out camping with us. My cousin Rooster says he's going to go with him since it's going to get dark soon. Rooster? Rooster. All right. One of the girls, Kira, also wants to tag along. It's about 7 o'clock and it's starting to get pretty dark. They take flashlights and take the trail toward Tan's property. The rest of us hang out, make s'mores, drink, and kiss on the girls. Mm-hmm. About 30 or 40 minutes later, there's a smell of ozone. You could hmm. smell it over the smell of the fire, this really nasty, coppery smell, like right after you've had a nosebleed and it's stopped. We immediately think that it's some kind of electrical malfunction, or that somebody left a hot plate on in one of the cabins. We search, but nothing is on, and, but we can still smell it. All of a sudden, we can hear people booking down the path towards us, and Rooster, Tanner, and Kira all come running into the clearing, out of breath. They don't even break stride, they just run straight into the cabin. We follow right after them. They're struggling to calm down, and even Rooster is crying his eyes out at this point. Even Rooster? Even Rooster, the tough one. All the while, the fire is guttering lower and lower, so my other cousins get ready to go outside and get the generator out of a shed between the cabins. Tanner goes, No! Lock the front door. Nobody go outside. He's been crying too, the little bitch. (laughs) No, no. He's been crying too, and his eyes are bloodshot and puffy, and his pants are dirty as hell. He goes on to tell us that they went up to his house. His father said sure, he could go out camping, but to make sure that they were careful on the way back, and that maybe they should take one of the hunting rifles just in case. Evidently, Tanner had seen something in their yard a few days before. One of their pigs had come up, ripped up and half-eaten. They assumed that it was just big cats or maybe coyotes. He had gone upstairs and packed his stuff and told his dad that they would be okay without their rifle because coyotes avoid people. So they started walking back toward where we were camping. He says they had gotten halfway into the woods toward the camp when they started to hear things in the forest. It was almost pitch black on the trail by that point. Kira says that she heard something in the bushes right off the trail, and that when they all beamed their flashlights over there, they saw what looked like someone standing back in the woods in a little Mm. hollow. Gross. Rooster said they shouted at him and told him that he was scaring them and should be on his way. He says that's when he realized that the guy was facing away from them. So now they started power walking, and Tanner keeps going, I should have taken the rifle. They heard race walking. Just maintain your pace. Both feet on the ground at all times. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) This looks like we're doing a funny dance. As they're telling the story, the coppery ozone smell is getting super strong, even inside the cabin. 
They say that after they started walking faster, a kind of low gibbering had started coming from both sides of the wood. Oh. Kira said that she had peered her flashlight out into the woods to the side of them and had seen something jerking itself through the woods. <laughs> yep. Oh, you. The gibbering just kept... <laughs> oh, my God, the image. <laughs> Um, the gibbering just got louder and louder and when they could see the light from our campfire something had come out of the woods about 40 yards behind them onto the track and they had just flat out ran as hard as they could to the cabin at this point we're assuming that it's some rednecks trying to mess with us Hmm. all of a sudden my other cousin junior starts going on about how he went to school with a kid who told him about the goat man at the time i had never heard of this goat man or any of that but I've come to understand it's basically a man with the head of a goat who can shapeshift and get in among groups of people to terrorize them. He shapeshift everything except his head shape, which just stays goat. Guy looks fine to me. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, it's apparently kind of like the Wendigo, and it's bad mojo to even talk about it, and even worse if you see it. Hmm. So we huddle there for a while, terrified and unsure of what to do. All of a sudden, the smell just goes away. Like, to this day, I haven't experienced anything like it. Usually smells fade away or lessen. This was literally just there one second and then God the next. Hmm. Nothing else weird happens that night, and figuring we're through with the strangeness, we stay another. For the main part of the next night, nothing happens. And by about one in the morning, we're outside getting drunk and telling ghost stories. Just as someone is finishing some story, the smell comes back. Uh-oh. I immediately stood up, and we all remarked that we could feel the air becoming clammier. We all go back inside the cabin, and we're standing around. All the while, I'm just feeling that something is wrong, but I can't figure out what it is. We end up sitting in there for a while. The smell is just as strong, and we're terrified and all huddled in this camper. We end up cooking brats for everybody, because nobody wants to go outside. It's one of those packs with four brats. We have a total of three packs. I grill them on the stove and give everybody a hot dog. I get mine. Were they hot dogs or brats? Yeah. This Your dude, story straight, guy. This guy uh, can't keep it straight. I get mine. After a while, one of my cousins gets up and goes over to the pot to get another one. He starts grumbling about how I got two brats and everyone else gets one. And I give him a look. Everybody only got one because there were only 12 brats. If he wants to get more, he should open up a new pack and cook some more. That's when Kira just starts screaming. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Get it out. She's crying and shivering, and then it dawns on us. We all run out of the cabin, and one of my cousin's friends asks us what was wrong. I take a head count to confirm my suspicions. There should have only been 11 of us. There had been 12 people in the cabin. But being that everybody didn't really know each other very well, nobody had really noticed that there was an extra person with a goat head. (laughs) (laughs) You know when you're just dicking around having a good time that you don't sweat the small things? Like goat heads, Like a person with a goat head. (laughs) The fact that he said, no, please, can I just have some grass? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a tin can. Maybe a tin can to non, in a classic style. Um, And you don't always keep track of certain stuff. I'm dead sure that someone else had been in the cabin with us, and that they had been there for at least a day eating with us. We go back into the cabin and lock the door. We explain what happened. Gira says that she had realized it, too. And then when she was about to say something, the person sitting next to her had grabbed her leg and leaned over to her and said something she couldn't understand. Early the next morning, we all want to head back home, but four people want to stay until the sun is all the way up. Some of the group are spooked, but think we're just messing around and still want to stay at the cabins. By this point, I just wanted to get the hell out of the woods. 
I asked Kira if she really thinks it was something bad, and she says she just wants to go home, doesn't want to be out in the woods alone for another night. At this point, four of our group leave, but I have to stay because my uncle had left me the keys to the cabin to lock up. I'm super pissed because I feel like some in the group aren't taking the event seriously, and I don't want to be out in the woods for another night. I spend the rest of the day trying to convince the rest of the people, now four girls and four guys, to pack up and go. Tanner leaves with the other four to go get a rifle, and says he's going to be back, so there are just seven of us left by 4 p.m. We wait for what feels like forever as the hours move by. Some of the group start joking around, but I'm on edge, and just waiting for anything to happen. Around eight or so, there's this huge pounding at the door, and we hear Tanner screaming, Let me in! Over and over. <laughs> so eventually his screams stop, the pounding stops, he's just gone. And we all went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Never saw Tanner again. <laughs> Problem seemed to work itself out. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Tanner. <laughs> we open the door, and he stumbles in with a rifle. Evidently, he had walked back to the campsite without issue. Nothing weird happened in the forest, but... When he had gotten to the edge of the camp clearing, he could hear something heavy moving near him in the brush. He said it wasn't until he was almost halfway across the clearing to the cabin that he had realized that it sounded like it was getting rapidly closer to him. He said he just ran the rest of the way to the cabin thinking the door would be open. But when he got to the door and it was locked, he turned and saw some large dark shape moving quickly among the trees, not entering the clearing but instead following its edge towards him. Tanner had brought back a couple of boxes of ammo and his rifle. He had told his dad that there was some kind of animal in the forest because he didn't think his dad would have would believe him if he said it was the goat man. Now I'm really terrified, but at least feel better because we can be American and shoot the hell out of whatever it is <laughs> if it comes back. I like that line. <laughs> yeah. One of the girls is crying and saying that she wants to go right now, and we're trying to tell her that we shouldn't because none of us are walking through the woods in the middle of the night. At this point, the sun is down and it's cloudy. We eat something and turn on the radio for a while, but can't really get a station out there with anything decent. We eat some more, and we just kind of sit around until about 11 p.m., when the sharp stink of copper returns, but somehow worse, almost closer to the smell of both blood and singed hair. Tanner gets right up and grabs his rifle. Almost right after, there's like a half-knocking, half-clawing at the door, and I kid you not, there's this voice that sounds like when you see those YouTube cats and dogs whose owners teach them how to talk? It says this halting, weirdly, in this halting, weirdly toned voice, let me in. And he actually uh. links a video of a cat, like, sort of half talking. So okay. this is the voice type right. that he's hearing. Oh. So he even complete, refers. Complete with the laugh track. With the laugh track, yeah, exactly. He even makes reference in the original draft. He's like, you know, it wasn't funny, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of creepy. It was so obviously not a person talking. It didn't have the right cadence, and that's something that I never realized until that moment. But all people have a certain cadence when they talk, no matter what language. All people have a certain kind of rhythm. This voice didn't have any kind of cadence or rhythm. So now Mm. I'm in full terror mode. (laughs) We keep yelling outside, Who is it? Stop messing around, man. And it just keeps saying, in, or let me in, for almost 15 minutes. For the next hour or so, we can hear something basically creeping around in the woods. <laughs> and every couple minutes, it comes back to the door and says something. When the smell finally he fades away... tries different things yeah. each time. <laughs> Banana sandwich. Got a light. <laughs> That's a different reference. Here's Goatman. Um, when the smell finally fades away, it's around 2 in the morning. 
Tanner says, man, fuck this, and opens the door and walks outside with his rifle. He's killed instantly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He fires a shot into the air and says something to the effect of, in the name of Jesus Christ, go away. (laughs) Jesus Christ, the second coolest guy ever. (laughs) (laughs) He fires two more times, and then from the woods right up against the river, across from the cabin, it sounds like something is slowly gibbering and hooting. Then it starts screaming, and it sounds almost like a woman and a cat in a bag screaming together. Like, I seriously have never heard anything like that. And you can hear the brush over there start to shake. Tanner fires into the tree line and then starts backing into the house. We lock the door, and we can hear this thing keening and screaming. Tanner says something had come out of the bushes, super low to the ground and crawling toward the cabin. He had shot at it. And pretty much, that was how the rest of the night went. It was literally screaming constantly for the next two hours, and we could hear it moving out into the tree line. But it never came back up to the cabin. The next day, we finally packed up and left, and I'm never going back. The end. God, that's awful. That any of the screaming and stuff, like... Oh, yeah. Regardless of what, like, so we discussed in a previous episode the sound of like a fox's scream it's right. really really off-putting to hear it outside like um it's it's frightening even Absolutely. if you know what it is if it keeps doing it's still like the god just stop it oh right. god just like really ugh. right yeah and to not know what this thing even is especially after the idea of something trying to speak ugh, for so right? long and then the screaming happening just pounding ugh. and like scraping at the door yeah. and like Having had all his, all his experiences of, like, some dark thing moving around really quickly through the woods and such. Not cool. Very, very creepy. Yeah. So. No, this, thank you. This story is straight up spooky spaghetti, as they say. <laughs> Nightmare gnocchi. <laughs> Nightmare gnocchi. I've got a couple others. Menacing macaroni. <laughs> all right. Terrifying tortellini. <laughs> or for most, creepy pasta. Yes. <laughs> And in this story's original form, there's much more unnecessary swearing and more to do with the Goatman acting as a kind of skinwalker or shapeshifter. Okay. That's why he keeps mentioning the counts of people, because there's a lot more to do with like, oh, wait, we thought there was this many of us, but there was actually this many, and it was this guy. Okay. It's the Goatman. He got in amongst us again and like freaked us out. Yeah. But that's kind of all it does is it repeatedly gets into their group oh well that's all it does it also is implied that it takes out a couple of them and then mimics them as like this weird kind of Mm. zombified person thing yeah um which is kind of creepy but i i am a sucker for the creature in the woods that you just never quite see but it is trying to get to you good stuff spooky terrible stuff but like good 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 story uh, stuff bad experience stuff yeah right oh my goodness um i'd love to hear all about it i don't want to live it yeah exactly i do yeah (laughs) (laughs) i want to know that i'll make it out fine but uh (laughs) make sure that i have the whole podcast recording yeah exactly (laughs) i want to document the heck out of that <laughs> but I, I like that it is kind of the contemporary, modern, you know, reiteration of a, if you will, Goatman style bit of urban legend telling. Yeah. You know, even if it's kind of a misappropriation of the term, I feel like, because it's sure. more of a shapeshifter creature. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different thing. Still, despite its largely accepted status as a legend, some, such as the nation's foremost Goatman man, man um, <laughs> Mark Opsasnik, Mark has continued the search for whatever may be out there. Opsasnik is actually who we have to thank for pushing the origin date of the Goatman sightings back to 1957. Okay. Um, that year, the Washington Evening Star 
published reports of a, gor- a gorilla-like beast roaming PG County and scaring the hell out of people. Hmm. Um, though these reports were later dismissed as the product of a hoax, it was still kind of an initial culturing spot for the later Goatman tales. Yeah. Though Ginger the dog absolutely did show up dead. Um, so we can now return to the Sean Daly article. Much later on in the piece, Daly heads out with Opsaznik, who he meets up with to interview briefly. Um, and they're going to investigate the train tracks near the epicenter of the Goatman legend. Okay. As they near the tracks, quote, a CSX coal run, a train, uh, rumbles by. It's called a, a train, you douche. Yeah. <laughs> um, as an ominous warning. Only the staunchest Goatman supporter would watch the locomotive creep on by and not no do the math. No one knows the make and model of a train. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like, I'm just really in the weeds about the train. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> you got to reach out to uh, Daily here. You don't know fucking trains, dude. What are you talking about with this bullshit? No just one call knows a train. <laughs> just say a big train go by. Or just show off your train knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Press us with your trains. CSX coal run, bro. <laughs> Whatever. When was it made, huh? How long did it run? <laughs> did it run on coal? Go choo choo? Only the staunchest Goatman supporter would watch the locomotive. He even uses the word locomotive. Now I'm mad. <laughs> Only the staunchest Goatman supporter would watch the locomotive creep on by and not do the math on the bodiless puppy story that begat Goatman in the first place. Basically, what he's referring to is that Ginger... Got eaten by a train. <laughs> Ginger was eaten by the train. <laughs> Trains run on puppies. Is that Snowpiercer's whole thing? <laughs> I never saw it. <laughs> um, but yes, probably. Um, that begat Goatman in the first place. Puppy escapes from Penn. Puppy wanders toward train tracks. Puppy meets her untimely end. Hmm. Simply, 10-month-old Ginger was not beheaded by a vicious suburban satyr, but was, sadly, shredded by a choo-choo. See, he knows other words for trains. <laughs> Did he say that? Yes. I'm literally <laughs> lifting this straight from the pipe. Alright, I've come full circle on I this. I thought yeah. you might like him. Yeah, the articles, <laughs> he he flexes the uh, the old diction. It's a very fun read. <laughs> Most intriguing to me in all of this is just how long-winded the image of a half-man, half-goat has been throughout human history. Mm-hmm. So, so you got things like satyrs way back in ancient Greece. Quite so. I was band. actually just about to say, um, Daly's quip of a suburban satyr is a direct reference to exactly that. Roman and Greek mythologies um, in which uh, imagery of a part man, part goat, as far back as 520 BCE, in these canons, goat men took the form of exceedingly lustful satyrs. Yeah, now, so here's a question. I remember knowing of satyrs first, and then uh, C.S. Lewis came along and introduced us to Mr. Tumnus, the fawn. So is a fawn just a less horny satyr? Still got those horns, though. You're talking about Cool Story Lewis, right? Yes, Cool Story Lewis. Good friends with... Jolly Righteous Reed, Tolkien. <laughs> Jolly Righteous Reed, Tolkien. As well as, um... Herman Melville. <laughs> I don't think they were contemporaries at all. No, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> like Who wrote the 20,000 Leagues Under the Thing? <laughs> that, was, that was Jules Byrne. Anyway. Um, yeah, the fawn. Hmm. Wait. My brain's not working. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, rather than nefarious monsters bent on murdering and tormenting hikers, these goat men would show up during times of celebration... And to drink get drunk. Wine and fuck. Quite so. They would get drunk, play pipes, and have all the sex ever. And uh, 
they would often show up already drunk. So you can do the math <laughs> on that one. <laughs> um, ancient Egyptians had their own half man, half goat, bringing the imagery back another few thousand years to as much as 3100 BCE. Mm. Benebjed or Kenum, depending on the region, were the names of one of the earliest Egyptian deities represented by a man's body with a horned goat's head. Hmm. Um, rather than killing teens or having all the sex, Kenum focused his time on making sure the Nile kept flowing and, through extension of the Nile's silty, clay-rich properties, creating the bodies of human children on a godly potter's wheel. He was much busier than the other iterations of Goatmen. Very much so, and he was also the original Harry Potter, I'm just realizing now. <laughs> Uh, he was, in fact, so crafty at this that he even went on to form other gods, so he was kind of a big deal. <laughs> and then finally, almost identical in appearance, but adopted further west, it's your boy Baphomet. Baphomet has its origins as a pagan idol, and there's a further buttload to unpack regarding the worship and status of Baphomet among the Knights Templar in the 14th century and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, we can save that for another time. Suffice it to say... Hail Satan. And I mean... That's pretty much that on that. So the official stance of super superstitious is uh, hail Satan. Yeah, so it's a good master right there. Thank you very much. So you got one master. I got myself a different sort of monster. Now, as we've established in quite a variety of episodes now, I seem to have a fondness for uh, weird, creepy humanoid things of different sorts. Yep. The uh, paler like and <laughs> the paler and. Uh, more ghoulish, the better. Like me. <laughs> yes. Except usually they're pretty hairless, which is unlike you in a pretty big way. <laughs> like um, me. <laughs> like me. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, to find my story this week, I once again turned to the subreddit, Our Humanoid Encounters, and there I found the following account from user Distinct Earthling, posted last mm. Wednesday, I believe. Do you want to bring your laptop closer? Is this good for you? This is fine. Okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. This is good. This is good. Uh, Posted last Wednesday, I believe. What? So recent. Incident. This is all quoted from this. Incident time and place. Christmas night, 2007, approximately 8.30 p.m., rural back road in upstate New York. The day was pleasant and festive. Opening presents early in the morning with my sisters. Hearty breakfast made by dad. Delicious smells from the kitchen as mom and dad prepared a feast. Visits from extended family bringing pies and cakes for dessert. (laughs) <laughs> Around two, we all sat down to eat and then lazed about for the rest of the afternoon into, into the evening. At about eight, after everyone had left and the food was all put away for um, round two the following day, I decided to head over to my uh, to visit my friend in the next village. The drive would be about ten minutes if I took back roads to get there, so I did. For a little background on where my friend lived, it was a housing development surrounded by a private lake. You might call it a gated community. Mm-hmm. You could still drive through it freely after hours by entering one of four private entry points. Since the community was built around a lake, the roads surrounding it went in a, a spiral sort of shape. The houses were sparsely positioned on the outermost part of the spiral road, closest to the four private entry points. As you drove in further, there were a lot more houses positioned closer together near the lake. Hmm. My friend lived on the outer edge of this development, so once I reached the entry point, it would only take me another few minutes until I reached his house. Pause. Where did he say he lived? Upstate New York. Ah, I feel like we could find this place on a map. It seems so distinct. 
I think um, later on he does actually describe where it is specifically in response to because this is a Reddit post. Right. There are actual like you know inter- exchanges in the comments, so we'll get there. And I think he yeah, actually, I think he may say the town. Cool. My friend lived on the outer edge of this development, so once I reached the entry point, it would only take a few uh, another few minutes until I reached his house. His house, along with all the others, were far apart. Um, were far enough apart that you couldn't see them from the road as you drove by. There were either woods all around with long drives or open fields with long open fields with long drives. You could see mm. porch lights on the distance, but that was about it. Mm-hmm. As I entered into the development, the speed limit dropped from 30 miles per hour down to 20. There were no street lights in the development, and for some reason, I never put my high beams on. I couldn't go any faster than the speed limit because there were speed bumps in place every 30 feet or so for a bit. Mm-hmm. It was a mild night. I remember having my driver's side window open slightly, taking in some fresh air. I remember driving in silence, which was unusual for me. I normally listen to music while driving. I must have been enjoying the quietness after the commotion of the day. I reached a section of the road that had barren fields on either side and woods set back. Houses were probably nestled back into the trees. Mm-hmm. As I drove, I noticed what looked like someone walking up ahead on the opposite side of the road, mm-hmm. coming in my direction. Mind you, I was still going about 20 miles per hour the whole time, so it was probably less than a minute by the time the walker came into clear view. I got a quick scan of it from uh, my windshield before my car and it were exactly parallel. This is what I saw. Oh, boy, boy. It was not a person. Oh. It stood on two long legs with long arms hanging down from its shoulders. It was strong-looking, lean, muscular, but not beefy in stature. It looked thin at the same time. It stood at least seven feet tall. It was light-colored. Not sure whether it was white, tan, yellow, or grayish. It didn't appear to have fur, but there was some texture to the skin. It wasn't smooth. Hmm. There appeared to be something coming down off its back. I don't know what it was. All I can recall about its face is the small features it had, but the mouth and jaw were notably large, and it had pointed things atop its head, two things going straight upward with something mingled between the two things. That's what I got from a quick scan and from my observation of it as it neared my car and my car neared it. As my car became parallel to it, within a split second, I went from looking out my windshield to looking at it from my driver's side window. In that moment, its face quickly peered down at me, and all I remember was the mouth opened wide. Ooh. Out came a remarkable scream that I'll never forget. Gives me the chills just thinking about it. It consisted of a high-pitched, shrill shriek, enveloped by a deep, guttural growl. Both sounds happened simultaneously in that scream. <laughs> I kept driving all the while. This was all happening so fast that I didn't even have a chance to be scared or shocked or anything. I continued driving and went past my friend's house and drove home. Called him to tell him what happened and that I just needed to get back. Mm-hmm. I was probably running on adrenaline to get back home. Later on, I was in total shock after it sunk in. Had my driver's side window been opened fully, it would have touched me or worse, taken me. I'm certain of it. Hmm. To this day, I still haven't worked out what it was. Anyone else see anything like this or hear what I heard? Oh, my God. So, yeah, this was posted just last week. And there have been responses. I'm going to keep, like, um, as of the last couple of days looking at this, there haven't been any super recent um, updates on it in terms of people finding mm-hmm. out anything new. But people have been piling on, saying what they've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the Succotron says that many people have had similar accounts. Tall, lanky, thin, pale beings with huge mouths. And the sound you described is Whoa. consistent across the board. I remember on the forum, someone said they found an injured one running across the road and mistook it for a deer. Someone else said they got out of their car and it started walking towards them, etc. All with very similar descriptions. Hmm. Now, naturally, this guy doesn't link to any of those. I was hoping yeah, to find right. more, but like, yeah, what are the other accounts? Where does it go? But right. Supposedly, this person who has been watch- like following this particular subreddit for a while has seen, like, people have seen other similar things. Yeah, spooky. Then this guy goes off and like, oh, it could be 
oh, let's say a bunch of different things it could be, and it just sounds like total nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, yeah, the original poster, Distinct Earthling, keeps responding to everyone's comment. There haven't been mm-hmm. that many comments, but he's responded to all of them. There's like a, there is a conversation going on, mm-hmm. and so we get to hear more follow up from stuff. So people asking him questions, him answering those questions. Mm-hmm. Them suggesting where else he could look for interesting stories. Like one of the things they were talking about is the idea of, oh, like we've heard stories like this. Are there any missing persons cases in the area? Are you aware of anyone disappearing? Right. Other stories like this have corresponded. Good good angles. Yeah. Yeah. People say, oh, we've heard stories like this, and then people have gone missing. Like, is that happening too? Mm -hmm. Um, Said as far as he knows, that hasn't happened. But Mm -hmm. uh, he's looking into it more, see if he can find anything out. Um, people talking about crawlers, stuff kind of similar to what I talked about mm-hmm, back in um, mm-hmm. episode. It reminded me of that description. Yeah, those were four-legged humanoid creature right. things that were also really creepy. I can imagine this thing being out for, you know, maybe it can do both. Yeah, because in the first description of that we talked about from, I think, Big Bear in California, mm-hmm. it was something that was um, only, it wasn't all that tall on all fours, but mm-hmm. the woman imagined that if it were standing up, it would be extremely tall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it could be a similar type of thing. Ugh, um, creepy. Yeah, people describing it as, uh, as a crawler that refers to a couple of different things. The downside to the internet and cryptozoology and stuff nowadays is that nomenclature just goes all over the place right so like, even even in the fast and true sciences the semantics become a nightmare that's true so it's not really clear like, there's no one given name for any particular thing especially when they're just kind of vague reports of certain kind of descriptions until it gets an official name and like people have blurry photos of it it's not actually a, right. a thing yet right so some of the questions people had were like um you mentioned it had something coming down off its back. Maybe it was injured, like some flesh wound and was trying to get back into its home or nest or cave. Speaking of which, are there any abandoned mines or nat- uh, national forests with caves nearby? <laughs> Just being really specific. But hey, like, you know. Yeah. The great questions. There are no military bases or research facilities near the area because one of the things people were talking about was, like, oh, like, think that they would the, go uh, genetic yeah. modification kind of th- things. Right. Um, the only warehouse slash factory located within about five miles of where this happened is a place to develop parts for airplanes. Hmm. I don't live in this area anymore, so I'm unsure if that's even still there. It's possible it was a large wound, but I really don't know. It's possible it was trying to get back to its home. Uh, the location of the sighting was Athens, New York. There we go. Athens, hmm. New York. I'm going to look that up now. Go for it. Uh, the lake is called Sleepy Hollow Lake, named after the original Sleepy Hollow. Oh, shit. The Hudson River is not far from this location either, nor is the foot of the Catskill Mountains. There are no caves Damn, to my it's knowledge. really near where I went to undergrad. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, maybe it's not near it, but it's not similar fun. sounding location. Cool. There are no caves to my knowledge near the spot, unless there are caves in the lake. The only nearby caverns that come to mind are Howe Caverns, and this is approximately 50 miles from the location of the encounter. Intriguing, though. The caverns go 156 Actually, feet deep. it is wicked near. Cool. Holy shit. So, I went to school down here. So, here's where I went to school, and this is right there. Okay. Greens Lake. What did he call it? Uh, Sleepy Hollow Lake. Sleepy Hollow Lake. Sleepy Hollow Lake. Look, there it is. So he said there was like a... Yeah, just right nearby that. Um, wow. The town of Athens. Spooky. Yes. So, that's pretty creepy. Um, I mean, if there are any caves nearby, how caverns? Yeah, they are in that area of right. uh, eastern New York. Right. They're only like a couple, two, three hours from two, here. Two, three hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just drive across the width of New Hampshire and the width of Vermont, which is not very far, and then you're in New York. <laughs> um... Yeah, someone said, sounds like a legit goat man to me. <laughs> and someone else said, didn't look like the goat man. Looked a lot like that thing. Um, let's see. Uh, he linked to a picture of a like an artist's version of a Wendigo. Oh, yeah? It didn't look like the goat man. Looked a lot like that thing there. The thing on its head were different, though. They didn't have, like, 
because you had different versions of the Wendigo show having like antlers or something right, and stuff, right. and so you didn't have that on top of its head. It was a different kind of thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, let's see. Look a lot like that, huh? Which is interesting because yeah, that's um, less lean. Than it's kind of beefy looking. It's, yeah. it is kind of beefy looking. So I don't know if like, maybe his. Well, I mean, a vision. You know, this the image must mean a lot. Yeah. So the biggest thing I found that was interesting is someone asking more questions about what it looked like, asking if he could draw a picture. He oh, said, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll try and draw a picture. I'll do it over the weekend, and then I'll post it here. Now, it's Monday, so... Um, no picture yet. Yeah, I've been refreshing and stuff, so if we get a picture from him... I'd be super interested to see. I'll, I'll make sure to talk about... I'll, I'll update it next week, or as soon as that happens, and we'll post the picture. Mm-hmm. And people ask more questions about the details, like what was what was on its back, what the things on its head looked like, just trying to understand more about it, so mm-hmm. it's still unfolding, but um, it's That's an example exciting. of just like a weird, creepy thing that f- seems to kind of, I guess, be kind of a follow-up to what I talked about before with those weird humanoid for sure but i do we have any further accounts of those guys or anything i did find one vaguely similar thing let me see let me just bring that up real quick if you don't mind i'm very interested those were more pale here's a story of something it's a little bit darker color Mm -hmm. but it's still weird and just off-putting so Mm -hmm. this is um uh, an encounter that was posted on phantoms and monsters Back on, um, it's a good place to find a lot of stuff. I mm-hmm. thank Lon for his diligent curating of all the creepy stuff happening yes, all yes. over the internet at all times. So, see an account on Sunday, February 4th of this year. So, just about a month ago. A month and a day. My daughter and her friends had a sleepover last night. Well, apparently one of the girls said she felt like something was watching her. Then I guess the other girl started feeling this way, uh, this sensation too. So, my daughter goes over to the door and looks out and sees a dark figure hunched over at the bottom of our steps. She said it rose up and took a step forward like to come up the stairs. She was obviously very frightened and her and her four friends took cover in our tiny little bathroom. I woke up around 11.30 p.m. and hear my dog barking and proceed to use the bathroom, which I cannot get into because they're all huddled in there. Oh, my God. Which is kind of adorable in its own way, too. Yeah, right. Um, Which nobody said a word to me at the time, fearing I would be upset with them for waking me up. I was told the story in the morning. Apparently, they heard knocks and scratching. The figure was tall, black, and had yellow eyes. Oh, my God. Only their detail was it appeared to have claws. What? Um, they claimed it was moving the blinds inside the house from outside, which, again, is probably just their imaginations. Like, when right. they were freaked out, like, oh, oh it's doing that. Like, as right, far as, like, just right. air currents. But, um, and the porch light was going on and off. I don't know if this is just an overactive imagination or a, of a bunch of fifth graders, but they seemed genuinely frightened. Oof. I did notice our grill on the front porch was moved about six inches because I could see the indent of where the wheel had sat before. We live in Allison Park, Pennsylvania, about nine miles from Pittsburgh. You're welcome to call in for more in, uh, info or email me. Not sure if anyone else has had a similar experience, but would appreciate any information. Thanks, MC. Damn. Um, he called her, huh? He did call. Talk to the daughter and two of her friends. They were all absolute about what they had witnessed. All the girls stated that they felt like something was observing them, and the group together saw the being outside. They described the being as eight feet or more and solid black. No transparency. Uh, The eyes were oval in shape, and it gave off a bright yellow glow. The being had long arms with visible claws. I asked if it was human, and they all said it was not. They observed it at two locations on the property, below the front steps and on the patio. They witnessed the being open the top of the grill on the patio. Okay, so the, as far as the mom saying hmm. the grill had been moved. Right, right. They all stated that the blinds inside the window are moving on their own, and that the patio light was flashing on and off. The light switch was inside. One of the girls called a parent and left early. She said that she and her parents witnessed this being, wait, wait, her parents too, yeah. Wow. Walking across the lawn as they were leaving in their car. The girl submitted a sketch below of what they witnessed. 
I'll scroll down in a second. Ooh, I can't wait. I'm so I don't spooked. believe that this was a case of mass hysteria or collective imagination. The girls were genuinely concerned about what they witnessed. This is a similar part of the country as the original post. Weird tall creature thing. Um, seems pretty off-putting. And the guy in like the driving in New York City couldn't quite tell what color it was. It was dark, and at nighttime, right, right. he was kind of driving by, and so he wasn't really sure what color it was. If it's described as being pretty dark color, maybe maybe black. Right. So it could have a similar description. So we'll post this picture online as well. But here's what the girls drew of what it looked like. Oh my god, <laughs> I would die if I saw that. Yeah, I know. I would die immediately. <laughs> Although one thing I like about it being you know a child drawing it is it has a slight cartoonish sort it of does. look to it. And if you look at just like the uh, shoulders up, it looks kind of just like an evil Zoidberg. It does look like an evil Zoidberg, but <laughs> it's funny because, I mean, again, it could be the overactive imagination, but at the same time, the fact that something so ghoulish could be captured as something that a child had like legitimately been like, no, I have to draw this for you. This is what it looked like. This is what I saw. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, we have to move I mean, to a different country. Yeah, now. we're exactly. Uh, oh, there's more. Um, Lon apparently contacted someone named Stan Gordon. I don't know who that is. but That's um, the guy. No, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, so Lon responded, thanks for sending this over. Looking at the sketch, there appears to be several similarities between this report and the reports of the police officer encounter late August of last year. Huh. Also, a second witness in September is describing a similar being not that far from where the officer had his encounter in Westmoreland County. As the crow flies, the Allison Park incident, not really that far away from the other two locations where... Uh, both so he's saying it sounds to he's him got some similar, links there huh sounds to him similar to a different thing a couple of different things in, oh my god in the this area. is freaking crazy man so a police officer encounters a strange creature with glowing head in pennsylvania in late what? august of last year holy crap on an evening in late august 2017 a police officer riding down a road in a wooded location in a southwestern section of westmoreland county pennsylvania saw something that startled him Ahead of him on the side of the road, the officer observed what appeared to be a ball of very dull white light low to the ground. He was familiar with the area and had never noticed any type of lighting uh, in that location. Hmm. As he moved closer and was about 50 yards from the round light, it suddenly rose up or stood up from the ground. It was then that the witness observed something that he couldn't process. The officer told me, it was the weirdest thing I I have ever seen. The ball of light was actually the head of a very strange being that looked to be about six feet tall or larger. It was tall and almost skeleton thin. The officer oh. was the opinion that the creature, when he first observed it, had been lying on its belly on the ground with its head facing toward the road. It then stood up facing the road. In that dark location, he saw the dull light from the glowing head illuminating the upper section of the body of the creature. The glowing head thing doesn't sound the same as the other stories Not that quite, much. but they said it gave off a yellow glow. Yeah, its eyes, right. And, right. Um, and, but that it overall, I think, too. Yeah. Uh, while the officer watched, the creature turned toward the right. The dull illumination from the head uh, lit up the shoulder area. The creature then turned and faced him, then turned to the left and took off at an incredible speed away towards the location away from the road. As it moved off, the witness could see its arms swinging. The officer indicated that it took off at a speed that you could only call abnormal. It was faster than anything I've ever seen. It was there, then it was gone, which sounds like the earlier stories from does, episode does. 10. The witness assumed that the creature moved on two legs. However, he could not see the lower section of the body in the dark. Hmm. The overall experience lasted only about 10 seconds. So hmm. it's possible that the glowing could be just the reflection of the eyes, the right. tapetum lucidum, as we have described indeed, in the past. Indeed. Different, especially a lot of animals reflect light out of their eyes uh, pretty brightly. And that can give the sense of glowing eyes. 
Right. So the yellow glowing eyes that they saw in the previous encounter, maybe Ugh. the seem- seemingly glowing head, the further away you are, the you know kind of broader the diameter of the glow seems to be. So it right. could look like it's a whole head. Man, that is spooky as hell. Yeah, so... What an image. <laughs> pretty creepy things. Yeah, it's funny because, like I said, it's it's kind of cutesy. It's kind of comical. In but... a way, it's like, oh, I actually saw that. No. Yeah. No, not at all. No. No way. The, like, ghoulishly round eyes, too. Which is like, yes. Yeah. It's kind of um, oval-shaped eyes. So, Ugh. more weird, creepy, spooky. ghoulish things. My my personal favorite. Hell yeah. Love I it. um I think at some point I will actually cover the ghoul itself as oh, nice. a, as a um, as a yeah, creature. Right on. Pretty cool history behind it as it turns out. Oh cool. Right. From the Middle East. Mm. Type of gin. Oh, how about that? Mm. I bet it tastes gross. You don't like gin? I like gin. Okay. And I know you're talking about a genie type creature. Yes. A genie is a type of gin. Exactly. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's my my monster for this week. I enjoyed it very much. Always lanky, creepy, and uh They are the gaunt. spookiest for sure. I you're... guess I see something of myself in them. Yeah. <laughs> that's the most frightening part of all. <laughs> But, uh, all right, you guys, you survived another episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for joining us. Thank if you, you very much. If you, of course, have heard of anything like this, if you've seen anything, if you know of anyone who's seen anything, please let us know. Contact at superduperstitious.com. Yes, please. Or tweet at us at superduperstitch. Contact us on the Facebook page, you know, Instagram, wherever you want to hit us up. We out there. Also, a new update just in terms of where you can find us these days. Mm-hmm. All the same places mm-hmm. as the usual, which is pretty much everywhere you can find a podcast, including now... Pippa, the podcast hosting platform, which serves, I think, all formats. Yeah, so if we, you want to uh, check that out, we're there now, too. We've joined up, so expect to see us there. And uh, expect to see us next week with another episode. For sure. Catch you then. See you. Bye. See you then. Yep. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Tom Waits is also the man who dives into the angst and magic of being a human by strapping on all forms of instruments, going to a goat farm in the Alps, and recording crazy good albums. I as the monkey can climb. Oh my god, he's here. Call no 